Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is like putting on my favourite pair of comfortable shoes. Welcome to the Fumble. It's been a while. We apologise, but you know, needs must. Me, Vernon Kay, and him, Darren Fletcher, and here to talk about all things American football. Darren, I think we've got to start off. We've got to rewind a little bit and go back to our amazing trip, our absolutely awesome trip with Elite Sports Travel. We went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. We saw both 12s disappoint, let's be honest, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And then we flew on the Monday to New York to watch the Dallas Cowboys take on the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. And Darren, what a trip it was. And, and, big point to make, for the first time, you and I, for the first time we've been on the shores of the United States of America together, you didn't see my bare ass in the morning. No, we had separate rooms for the very first time. <laughs> it was actually quite unnerving. I kind of rolled over and expected you to be there and you weren't in all your glory. And you weren't there. You were off somewhere. In fact, in fact, the first morning, you left me behind and went out and rented an electric scooter until it packed up. So that serves you right for leaving your pal behind and going sightseeing without me. So that yeah. was... That was funny. That was the worst bit about that trip. I'll be honest with you. It was the <laughs> fact that we hired an electric scooter. We just went uh, west. We went west a very long way. Not, not thinking. I mean, for crying out loud, I host Formula E on Channel 4. And I didn't think about the battery running out. So we went all the way west. The battery failed and got an Uber back to the hotel. Yeah. Well, while you were doing that, I went to the Tom Brady Performance Centre, which... You know, I, I kind of thought, like, I think you're like Tom Brady, icon, it's got his own place. You're going to be able to see it from miles away. You know, everybody's going to know where it is. And then, so I jumped in a, an Uber and, and went to this, this place. I only wanted to go to the shop. I didn't want to work out. He'd got a shop there. So I needed to get some Tom Brady merchandise. So when you get there, there's just these nondescript buildings and there are no, there's no signage. And it's like on the fourth floor of this 
plain building. So you can't really find it. And when you get in there, there's the, the Tom Brady performance center. There's the store. Um, so I went there. So while you were off breaking down on electric scooters, I was paying homage to the goat of your children. And I, I was there doing that in your absence. But it was a sensational trip. And I mean, we met some great people on it, friends that will be friends now moving forward. We've got the WhatsApp group set up. Everybody's on it. Um, great tailgate experience at, at, at Raymond James before the Buccaneers game. Great food. We went to see the Tampa Bay Rays. We had a night out together on the Saturday. New York was off the scale. We were throwing a ball around in the car park, you and I, with a couple of American fellas. There was a stage set up with a wonderful band. And, of course, the MetLife Stadium is your favourite concourse in the world. That's because that concourse has all kinds of great food and drinks and all that kind of stuff on it. So we all really enjoyed that. And, I mean, it was just, it was just like going away with a group of friends, but we didn't know anybody before we went. And it was brilliant. The elite sports travel, Ben and his team were, were, were fantastic. Nobody wanted for anything. And their generosity, by the way, on the trip, I thought was, was unbelievable. They went above and beyond with everything that they could possibly do. And the best thing about it is that we're going to get the chance to do another one next year. And I'm excited already because I knew we were going to have a good time, but I didn't realize we were going to have such a good time. And it really was fantastic. So, Thanks to Ben and the team at Elite Sports Travel. Thanks to the people who came on the trip and made it so special for me and you, because, I mean, we had a, an absolute blast. So it was everything it could have been, wasn't it? It was, it was sensational, Ian. It was. And, and, and you know, you, just to pick up on a couple of points there, the main one being it was so easy. You know, Ben yeah. and the gang, they did everything for you. Hotel, we had an issue with the hotel because there was a, 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 a lack of gas supply or electric supply. So basically the original... Gas leak. I think it was a, a gas, gas leak. leak. Yeah, the original hotel that they yeah. booked had a gas leak. So there was no power in the hotel. But Ben and his team didn't panic. Well, I say that, looking at Ben's face, it was panicking. But he, he arranged another hotel for us. We swiftly moved across the road. We got embedded in there. And we, like you said, we didn't want for anything because everything was sorted. The logistics of that trip were phenomenal. They really were. And they thought of everything, dotted every I, crossed every T. And I think when you, when you go on a trip like that with high expectations, there is always something to disappoint, I imagine, because you have got high expectations of what's about to, to take place. But nothing went wrong. Everything was superb from the tailgate passes to watching that live band in the car park at MetLife, constantly flowing Bud Lights, which you, were, you and I are a fan of, uh, the banter with the rest of the gang, 14, 13, 14 of us in total on the trip. It was just superb. And I've had people message me since saying, hey, that elite sports travel, uh, what do you reckon? I'm like, get on it. Yeah. Get on it. And Ben was saying that they don't do just do American football. They do all kinds of, of sports travel. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's opportunities to jump on their Super Bowl trip. I don't know how Ben gets the tickets, but trust me, he gets the best, the best seats, the best tickets. I, he took me, I was fortunate enough to go to the Packers uh, game at Wembley. And that was absolutely phenomenal. The seats that he had there, we were sat in the owner of Tottenham Hotspur's box. It was insane. The seats that he got. So I'd Ben, I'd expect nothing less with you, though. I'd expect nothing less. Than well, that. darling, uh, but you know, it, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. And uh, yeah, there you go. So that's that's us shouting out Ben and everyone at least Sports <laughs> Travel because that trip is mega. The only thing that did go wrong is that when we re relocated hotels, 
had we have gone back to the original hotel, because we decided not to for logistics, so everybody didn't have to unpack and repack and, and go again. Had we gone back to the first one, we would have shared a hotel with the nature boy, Ric Flair. Exactly. And that would have been something that we could have said, look, we're in the same hotel as Ric Flair in Tampa. But we left Ric Flair to the gas leak. We went somewhere else and we were just fine. But we are, we are going to do it again. And the thing is, we agreed to do it without knowing Ben and the team, mm. without knowing anybody who came on the trip. Um, and I, I, I couldn't be any more positive about the whole experience than, than we had. And I, I just hope that if we give everybody enough warning, I know times are tough and I know it's not easy to do things like this. But believe me, if you were to save up and come with us and be part of it next year, we now we can absolutely guarantee that it is an off-the-scale experience and you have a great time. We hoped it would be this year. We now know that it is. And we'd love a few more people to come if if people can do it. If you you know, And we can promise you that you're not going to come back and go, well, I've saved up for that and it was rubbish. We were all together for the entire trip and it was it was fantastic. So... I hope we can do it again. I'm pretty sure we will do it again. And I just hope next time that we might get a few more people on there as well. And I know that Neil's doing one, isn't he? Neil Reynolds is doing one in the next few weeks. So if you're at a loose end and you've got a few bob and you fancy doing that, you want to do a, an experience of a lifetime, that's going to be great fun as well. I think they're going to the West Coast. I think they're in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. And, and, and that West Coast swing, it's a bit longer than ours because Neil's got more time on his hands than we have, than we have because... We're such busy people. So that's a little bit longer than ours. But if you get the chance, get yourself on it. Go on, enjoy it, because uh, because it is great. Absolutely great. There's one thing that I, I've got to mention, and uh, one thing that is a constant on our Fumble podcast is our love of Bud Light ever since our trip to uh, Minnesota. However, Darren and I have found another middle ground, and that was our love of spicy chicken wings. Oh, yes. Oh, my yes. goodness me. Now, anyone who's been to... What's that? What's the place called? Uh, something Tavern or something. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember. In Tampa. Anywhere. If you've been to America, you'll know that they do chicken wings different. Their chicken wings are the equivalent of our chicken legs. And we went to this amazing bar. I'm sure Darren's Googling on, on it as we speak. Find out what it was called. Why you find you... out what it was called. Yeah. And we sat there. We sat with a friend of mine uh, who's an expat, who's a personal trainer. Used to play for the Farnham Knights. Uh, and we sat down with his wife and his son, who's an up-and-coming quarterback, one of the best in the state of Florida. And these wings arrived. Darren had ordered them. I didn't order them because I thought, oh, you know, I'm not really in a wing mood, which was outrageous. But Darren, as soon as he bit into it, oh, my goodness me. Vern, you got to try these. Vern, you got to try these. Vern, you got to try these. Go on. What is it called? Patrick's. That's it. Patrick's. Oh. Yeah. They got the college football on every TV. There must have been 50 televisions in there. What an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And the wings were outstanding. The mac and cheese was unbelievable. Unreal. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The only, the, the, the only thing that went wrong for me on that trip was I ruined my best T-shirt at MetLife because I, I bit into my hot dog and squirted the mustard out. <laughs> I don't get American mustard <laughs> off your T-shirt. <laughs> Lawrence tried everything. And my best T-shirt, my absolute favourite. Oh, no. no more. It's got a big mustard stain down the front. I can't get rid of it. So well, I'm... I thought that the thing, same thing would happen with the old uh, the chicken wings, Darren. I'll be honest with you, because they they were smothered in buffalo yeah. sauce. They were. I see. So you're, you're you're a very modest man. <laughs> you're a wonderful man, and you're a very modest man. I've got to know this over the years. 
you've not actually mentioned the most unique happened on our trip. And if it was me, I would have come in and before you could even say hello, this is the fumble, I would have been telling the story if it was me. But you're a very modest man. I have to remind you. When we went to watch the Tampa Bay Rays, my friend, in Tropicana Field, <laughs> what does everybody want to do? And what did you do? You tell the story. What did you No, do? no, listen, listen. You tell the story because you were the observer. I was the participant. You tell the story. The floor is yours, Darren Fletcher. So we are sat uh, pretty much behind the Tampa Bay Rays dugout and maybe, what, 30 rows back? Yeah, just just off first base. Just off first base, yeah. So we kind of realised early that balls were going to go here. This was like one of the... This was the angle. This was the equivalent of being in the slips at the cricket. So we're kind of there, and the moment arrives. The moment arrives. A ball is coming in our direction. And I, I can't think who it was in the group. Dropped it. Oh, it was our cinematographer. Yes, Virgil. So Virgil, Virgil, the cinematographer, photographer, video man, he had it, but he got his camera in one hand. So he's gone for the one-handed catch, dropped it, bounce, 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 another row, they're celebrating. We are ripping into Virgil because this is the this is the chance of a lifetime. How often have you been in the baseball and everybody else is getting to catch a ball and you think, I wish that was me. Anyway. I fast forward two or three innings later. <laughs> here we go. Another one comes. This time we're all there. I've got I've got eyes wide and I'm in I'm in the, the, the hands are starting to shake because it might be me. And then out of nowhere comes this arm. <laughs> this arm that just seemed to go forever. And I thought the arm was going to reach the roof. You were stood there like the Statue of Liberty, my friend. <laughs> And all of those games for the London Warriors at free safety, if you've seen the interceptions, this is why. This man is a gamer, fully focused. Only thing on his mind was, I'm catching this ball. And this arm came through the crowd. And this arm was two feet above anybody else's arm. And the arm belonged to Vernon Kay. And the <laughs> ball nestled squarely in the palm of Vernon Kay's hand. And he stands in the middle of Tropicana Field like a beacon with this <laughs> ball raised in the air. Cheers from the crowd all around him. And I'm sat in the next seat and my mate catches the ball in the <laughs> main race game against the Toronto Blue Jays. And we celebrate. And before you come in, what does my friend do next? And this is why I love this man so much. He leans forward hands the ball to a child two rows in front who was really disappointed that they'd not got the ball. And to see that kid's face when you handed that ball made the trip. Oh, it was brilliant. Dad then, dad then came back and gave you a nice cold pint as a thank you. Yeah. You made that young person's night. But I am telling you, my friend, you made my night. <laughs> you made that young person's night because I was right next to you when that arm came out and caught that ball. It's so true. I saw it coming over. So we were lucky that when the players were coming back to the dugout, they were just tossing balls into the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, there you go, guys. And it came over and I thought, that's hit its arc. It's coming right at us. And I, like you say, I slowly elevated out my seat, reached out, 
and leant forward and it, and everyone underneath me in the rows below me is grabbing and grabbing and grabbing. But because I was like, because I'm so tall, my arm yeah. extended, the palm went out and it just went slap, Ugh. slap. And, and the, as soon as it, but let's not forget that the little girl who, who wanted, who I gave the baseball to, she started crying immediately because her dad had gone to the game with a mitt. Yeah, yeah. catch balls. He's, so he's obviously said to her, I'll get you a baseball. I'll get you a baseball. And she started crying. And you know what? It's a baseball. A baseball is a baseball. It wasn't one that was hit by an iconic player or anything like that. It was tossed into the crowd. And she started crying. I thought, do you know what? There you go. You have that. But the dad, fair play to him, like you say, did come over and give us a couple of pints, which was brilliant. If, if Inspector Gadget's arm would have come out of that pile of people, it wouldn't have been as spectacular as yours. <laughs> it would literally go, go, Gadget arm, and then straight into the... It nearly touched the ceiling with your hands, you tall so and yeah. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I forgot Can't about that. Yourself. Yeah, that was a real moment. And I think, I think that's what... Like, the beauty of that trip, everyone from then on for the rest of the game, we were in such a good mood. It kind of turned yeah. the key of the fun engine. I guess you'd say it. And then we just, everyone relaxed. And because, you know, there was a few strangers on the trip. Some of the people had done it before, but we just all felt comfortable in each other's company. And especially when the booze is flowing freely, you know, you feel confident to chat. And we told some tales. We, we told some stories about uh, the, the world of showbiz and sport, which people enjoyed. So yeah, all in all, a 10 out of 10 trip. Yeah, we told some stories, which means we've got to pay personally for 10 people to come next year so they can't hold them against us in the future and sell them to various tabloids. On the night, so we've got to make sure that's okay. And I tell you what, Vern, you know me, there's an angle to everything. We like a bit of shopping, we like all that. There's always an angle out there. One of the wonderful people who came on the trip, John Sarazi, has done my mortgage subsequently. So John's even got a mortgage out of it. That's how good we are on the football trips with Elite Sports Travel. We will even take your products off you when you Brilliant. come back after you've been away with us. So thank Brilliant. you, John, for that. Brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, it was great. And it, like I said, we, we, we're not even touched on Brady and Rogers. Uh, disappointing, but like you said, when we were there on the bus driving back, we got the opportunity to see Brady drive the ball down the field. All right, they didn't score a touchdown on the five-yard line, but he did what he is renowned for. He drove the football from the 20 all the way down the field, got to the end zone, but unfortunately it wasn't fruitful. But we saw two iconic Hall of Fame footballers, which takes me, Darren, seamlessly onto the state of the season. Let me just drop in before we do that. One thing we did do on a logistical thing for NFL fans, we actually we were the first people to sit in the new stand that they put in, the new seats in Tampa. So they're, they're very similar to the ones you get at the golf. It's like a temporary stand, isn't it, behind the posts? And we sat I, They're like old school bleachers. Yeah, which was a great view of the fly past. I mean, we couldn't have been in a better position for the fly past. I mean, they came... Oh, we've got to talk about that. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was until the... Basically, the what do you call it? The vinegar stroke moment. Yeah. As soon as the planes go over, yeah. the fella in front of me stands up and blocks the view. <laughs> in your, right, in your, right in your photograph. I'm like, what are you doing? What did are I you... do? Oh, well, Darren being the friend of friends said, mate, sit down. <laughs> He's like, all right, jeez. Like, you I, did what, I did what an English fella would do at a sporting event when somebody stands up. I didn't realise you just stood up if you wanted to. Like, sit down. Sit down, you ruined this picture. Sit yeah, down. but there's no need to, to, to stand up because it doesn't enhance your view in any way, shape or form. And we also, when we were at the Giants, who walked through the end zone right down below us, the great Lawrence Taylor walked through. We saw Lawrence Taylor, didn't we? Which was fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was yeah. so good. I mean, what a trip. Uh, 
Yeah, so thank you, Elite Sports Travel, for that. So, yeah, Darren, let's get into the season, right? Because early on in the season, Tom Brady said that the quality of football isn't good, high-value football. He was right, I think, because there are lots of teams who were struggling getting their offences up and running. And if you look at the standings, only the Eagles and the Bills really have come out with all guns firing. Uh, It's an interesting state of affairs. We're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, with a quarterback who's been in the league as a, as a backup for nine years, driving them into a successful standings at the moment. It is, but then, and I've got some numbers, which I'm going to give you in a minute, so I'll use a couple of them now for this conversation. Um, it is, but then on the back of that, the teams that we thought would be good are good, aren't they? Mm. So the Chiefs, the Bills, the teams that we thought in the AFC were going to be the dominant teams are. I mean, Philadelphia... Are, are, Everybody kind of picked them as the sexy one that might be the breakout team. And, of course, they're unbeaten and playing some fantastic stuff at the moment. So they're great. But, you know, it's interesting what you say about the way that the games are being played. It's led to 71 games this season being decided by one score. 71 regular season games already have been decided by one score. And the other side of it is that when you look at the AFC East and the NFC East, for the last few years, they've been quite weak divisions. It was the Patriots division for a while, but the other three teams were struggling. Now it's the Bills division. We expect the other teams to struggle. And the NFC East has been a bit of a mishmash, hasn't it? You get to nine wins and you're probably going to win it. Those two divisions haven't got a team with a losing record in there. So, So divisions that have been weak are now very... Close. There's a lot of parity. I think there's even more parity in the league this year than we've seen for a long, long time. And I know there's the adage of any given Sunday, and that used to apply to any team could beat any team. I think it almost applies this year to not every team can beat the teams that they should be beating. It's it's a little bit odd, isn't it, in that regard? Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, you know. And, and we mentioned Brady and Aaron Rodgers. There, they're not the best this season. Struggling offences. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have both publicly come out and said things need to be better, which is really interesting. The quarterbacks that we talked about, the up-and-coming quarterbacks for various teams are doing all right. But then I think it's teams that have established offences that are really successful. The Bills are absolutely awesome. The Eagles are absolutely, dare I say, flying. Cool. Um, we're, we're playing awesome football. Yeah. You know, if they go through the year and don't lose, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're, they're going to lose one at some stage. You would suspect. But Darren, is that because they're good or is that because everyone else is worse? I think in their own division, they're significantly superior. And I think in the NFC, they look significantly superior. But I think they are they're the closest thing to Kansas City in terms of weapons, not the way they do it. Obviously, Kansas City have got a vastly superior quarterback and, and, and this, that, and the other. But they've got a running game that is multifaceted because the quarterback can do it, Miles Sanders can do it, other players can do it. The trade of AJ Brown's been huge. They drafted Devontae Smith. They've got a tight end in Dallas Goddard. I mean, they've got weapons all over the place and they've got a good offensive line. So they can put points on the board and they, they kind of combine that with a defense that's been taking the ball away limiting scoring, but taking the ball away. They've been getting turnovers on defence. They're just doing everything really well. 
The challenge in the NFL, though, and you know this as well as anybody, I always think you can break it. Bill Belichick first said this. You break it down into four-week blocks. And for four weeks, you think you've got it worked out. The next four weeks, it looks completely different. The four weeks after that is different again. They've kind of got to the halfway stage, but it's a long old season, 17 weeks in the playoffs, to carry on doing this game after game after game. And you would, you'd suspect, logic would tell you at some stage, they're going to have a clunker or a couple of clunkers. But I mean, you'd certainly, you'd be really brave to say who's going to get out the AFC, whether it's Kansas or whether it's Buffalo or maybe even somebody else. But in the NFC, I mean, I think you'd now be surprised, wouldn't you, if the Eagles aren't, aren't in Arizona for the Super Bowl. They just look streets ahead of anybody else. I, I can't imagine anybody on their field come the NFC Championship game having a prayer against them at the moment. No, I think you're right. But I think the acquisition of uh, McCaffrey at the 49ers, Christian yeah. McCaffrey, I think yeah. that's a good, a really good purchase, dare I say. But, but they took Robert Quinn from the Bears, didn't they? And where they struggled this year was a, a rusher off the other end of the line. Now that line that was good anyway as a guy that set a single-season sack record in Chicago last year, in a contract year, by the way, so he's he's trying to get a contract and he's not had a very good start in Chicago. They've got a very motivated Robert Quinn. So that, that might be one of those that kind of nicks under the radar a little bit. But that makes that Philly defence, it's been outstanding, even better. Oh, it's outrageous. It really is. Let, let me ask you a couple of questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you mentioned Rodgers and Brady, right? And, and for us on the fumble, you know, these two guys are perfect because everybody knows all about them. And, you, you know, we don't get driven into X's and O's and all that palaver. But let me do Brady first. Then I'm going to do Rogers. So focus solely your answer on your favourite American football player of all time. It's a really simple question. Is this it? Because for the first time, there, there is a sequence of games where he looks 40-odd. A sequence of games where you think, really, he's got a lot of things going on in his personal life. The divorce was announced last week, which is a, a, a terrible situation for him and his wife and his family and all that kind of thing. So he's dealing with that as well. Is this it? Or, or does the fact he's now a single bloke and he's not going to worry too much about that does that give him another season after this where he thinks, you know what, fully focused, I've not got the pressure at home now, I'm going to play on longer? Is your guy done or is your guy going to surprise us again? Well, oh, you know what, Darren, that's a really tough question because I would love to say he's going to go one more because these Super Bowl rings somehow always end up on his fingers. Yeah, Right, these Super Bowl visits always—he always seems to book the tickets to wherever the Super Bowl is. Been a, the most successful player uh, of all time, without doubt. But you just look at his body language, and you look at the way that he's carrying himself on the sidelines in front of his offensive line. He's a one-man motivational machine, which very rare in the past have we seen him really drive into members of his team. We've seen him dig out a couple of people here and there, and we hear stories of him being great in the meeting rooms, when they're building the office, when they're planning with Bilicek in the past. But I think this is the first time in his very, very long career where we've seen him trying to motivate players to get them into his mindset. Because you've got to remember that 
The culture that was built at the Patriots is something that seems to have been very, very, very addictive to attach yourself to because it was driven by Bilicic and that was instilled in Brady. But if it's only Brady calling the shots and trying to motivate the team, it's really difficult. And he's going to feel like he's banging his head against the wall. And we've seen him launch the iPad a couple of times and we've seen him get really angry and upset. But I think the physicality of Tom Brady is still there. We've seen him, we've seen him throw the football, but only in the flats. Yeah. We've not really seen him drop the deep ball, which was one of his, or the, the, the ball through the middle was his kind of signature pass to Julian Edelman. And, you know, we, we've seen it numerous times. I just think that he, after this season, with everything that he's gone through emotionally with his personal life, with everything that he will go through without having a winning season or a winning record, because I think it's going to happen, yeah. he's got to sit down with his business managers, because that's the kind of athletes that these guys are now, and say, look, is it worth me putting my reputation on the line? Because I think if he goes another year and it's like this year, I think he's going to tarnish his, his, his reputation as the greatest. Do you not think, though, that a lot of this is a cover for his own inefficiency because he's always been wanting to motivate and throw the iPads around and all that kind of thing. But it's every week now. And well, I that's, that's that, why I'm saying that that's yeah. becoming more, it's it just way he's just, he's just wasting energy because he's if it's not himself with himself and it's coming out in that way, because it looks, I wouldn't but say but, drived, but it doesn't look, he's doing it too much. So, so what you're saying is you're, he's kind of using it as an excuse for his downfall. Yeah. His, his lack of ability. Yeah. And he's almost pointing the finger at other people because he's got the resume where you would let him off. He's turning the attention onto other people. Yes. When, when the, the actual problem within that group at the minute might actually be him. I mean, there was the story the other week that he went to Robert Kraft's wedding instead of going to, to practice and he's having extra time off. We now know why he's been having extra time off because he's had marital problems. But this is so far removed from Tom Brady where... There was no way that he was going to go to somebody's wedding and miss a practice. Mm. And then he goes out and plays like he plays and he expects us to believe the problems lie with other people. Well, it it's a culture, isn't it? And if, if, the, if the captain of the ship is not as committed as everybody else or as he used to be, does that not get everybody to drop off 10%? Then when the captain starts throwing the iPads around, does somebody not turn around and say, well, hang on a second, you were at Robert Kraft's wedding throwing confetti on Friday while I was in meetings and watching film. I just wonder whether that resonates now. In the past, it was always undisputable. Tom's on my case. I better up my game because it's his team. But if you're not showing up all the time and you've got other things going on while your team is at practice in general, does that ever carry the same kind of weight? I wonder whether he's this season, maybe not forever, but this season whether he's just checked out a little bit. And if you check out a fraction in the NFL, it's too competitive, even if you're Tom Brady, to cover it over. Yeah. And let's not forget, with all the media attention that his personal life has brought, it's probably his most public season ever. Yeah. You know, where he's, he's on the cover of all the gossip magazines and this, that, and the other. And he's tried in the past to keep that all under wraps and in control. But once, once the hair is let out the gate, it's very, very difficult to get that back. It is. It is. Now, the other one is the other fella, the other number 12 who we saw on the trip, Aaron Rodgers. And everybody's looking at Green Bay. And there seems to be a little bit of a surprise that Green Bay are struggling in the division and the Minnesota, look, they're going to win it. Aaron Rodgers is the antithesis of Tom Brady. Tom Brady's career has been about making financial sacrifices, 
so that he always had a team around him that could win, whether that be in New England or whether that be in Tampa. The clubs that he's played for have always been able to make sure that he is rewarded enough and that he's, mm. you know, he's not, they're not, they're not taking the mickey out of him. But he's always had Rogers now has no wide receivers because they've got no cash because he's taking it all. But they've he's never, yeah, but is that the, anybody else? Yeah, but every time there's, I mean, what was it, a couple of years ago when the kind of, ill feeling between Rogers and the board yeah. started to flare up because he felt he wasn't being supported. And then at the beginning of this season, they get rid of his number one receiver. And let's not forget, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Was it last year or the year before? Before. Jordan Love. Yeah. Uh, that's going to piss him off because he knows that he's not a priority. I think, he, I think he's feeling unloved. Every offseason, he's threatening to retire. Yeah, but every offseason, I think that's a call for, listen, just give me some weapons. You know, we saw him We saw him in Tampa Bay, and then a couple of weeks later, we saw him at Wembley. It wasn't very good. That offense isn't very good. It was the same, like, you've been doing the commentary on ITV, Darren. That offense that we saw at Tampa was exactly the same. Nothing was different to the one we saw at Tottenham Stadium. And yeah. I thought that because it was... It wasn't productive at all in Tampa that they would change it up. But they ran the same plays. It was the same going to the outs. It was the same pass option. It was just boring. There was no energy in the offense. So who's pulling the strings here? Do you not think as well, though, that... I, or, or are you not surprised? I am a little bit. That he hasn't been able to make it better than it is. I mean, I look at... Justin Fields in Chicago. Now, Fields has, until they got Claypool this week, I think the worst group of wide receivers in the league. They've now traded for Claypool, so Claypool, Mooney, Komet, it's better. His receivers, prior to the Claypool trade, were superior to the receivers in Chicago. But Justin Fields seemed to be getting more out of the Chicago receivers than Rodgers is getting out of his. I mean, let's not forget... He's still got Alan Lazard. I know that he's been injured, but he's got Alan Lazard. Aaron Jones' is running back can catch passes from the backfield. Robert Tunyon, the tight end, is very serviceable in the, in, in the NFL. Randall Cobb was his pick. Bring him back because he's my guy. These aren't fellas off the street who have walked in in a pair of Levi's and they've gone out there in a pair of knackered old shoes. These are NFL-caliber receivers. And for some reason, Aaron Rodgers can't get his offense Right. No offense to tick. So all right. So let's put let's put one on one and one together and let's get two. You're saying that his players have the ability to be at the top of the game in their NFL. I think they're better than what they're doing. Right. Okay. So we're establishing that they've got decent wide receivers and a decent quarterback. Yeah. I said that the but the offense was boring and stale. So therefore that points a finger at the offensive coordinator. Is that offense head coach? Sorry? Who's the head coach? Too? Who's the head coach? So who's, is that offensive coach? coordinator, head coach, the who's, right who's person? Who's wins in all three years in the NFL? So is he the right person with that, with that roster to progress with the Green Bay Packers? And I think we as a collective, just us two, have just said, no, it's not happening. It's not working. So not Rodgers' fault for you? No, no. From what we, from what we can summarise from the conversation that we've just had, yeah. It's not Aaron Rodgers or his wide receivers. It's the game plan. It's that big book of players. 
or the offensive coordinator and what he wants out of his offense. It just looked boring. My, my take on that, though, and it, and it is only my opinion, is that he's not helped the situation because he's not been prepared to make enough fin- financial sacrifice to allow the front office to constantly restock every aspect of the roster. Hmm. He seems to want to be right at the top end in terms of pay. Now, that's fine because he wins, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl doing that. Now, he might be okay just winning Super Bowl 45. He might feel that his legacy is fine. He might think, well, I'll, I'll take the cash. It just surprises me that he's not walked into that room and said, look, let's restructure this thing because I don't need the money. And when I finish, I'm going to go present Jeopardy or whatever I'm going to do, and I'm going to make a shitload more. And I'm okay. So let's do what Brady does and let's pull some of this out. Let's go get a couple of wide receivers. Let's make sure that we've got a chance to win a ring because I'd really like another one before I retire. I don't quite kind of get that from him. And when he's on the podium, he's either blasé about the situation or he's pointing fingers at people that really can't help it. It's, it's mm. like, you know, it's, I don't know. It all just feels a bit, just feels a bit dysfunctional, very dysfunctional. Well, I think as we get towards, uh, well, as, as the picture as we start to paint by numbers and the picture gets more filled in, shall we say, this NFL season, I think Brady and Rodgers, I think there'll be a couple of moments where we get a sense of what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Like three quarters of the way through, if they're not winning, I think they'll tap out. I think we get one more year out of Brady because of I think he'll write this year off and say, I don't want to finish like that. I want one clear run at it next year. I think this might be it for Rodgers. I don't think he's going to come back in. Well, you see, in the NFL, though, of all 32 teams, good players always seem to end up on a roster, what I used to call the graveyard of the greats. They used to always go and play for the Raiders. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, he could do that. Yeah, he could do that. They used to always do that. You know, uh, Derek Carr's not having the best of seasons over there in Las Vegas. Tom Brady in the silver and black would be iconic. Um, you know, with a, with a with a head coach who he knows very very well, which who was his offensive coordinator in uh, in New England. So, who knows? Graveyard of the Greats, love it. I love silver it. and black. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. London was good, wasn't it? Three close games. Yeah, three really good games. And, you know, I, 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 give, I give the uh, Jags-Broncos game a bit of stick because both two teams not playing the best. But, yeah. as always, when they travel, we do get a great game. Us, us UK fans are always, always given good games. And when you look at the, the teams that are coming, you say, look, 
Don't worry about their record. Don't worry about the way they're playing. They're going to come over neutral ground, even though, you know, one team is assigned the home team, neutral ground. And we always get entertaining games. We really do. Yeah, I thought it was good. I'm not convinced about Trevor Lawrence. I think he's got to improve a lot. He's got decent weapons. He's got a Super Bowl winning head coach with an offensive mind. They were saying he was going to be the next Andrew Luck, John Elway. I've got to admit, I don't see that. But it is the kind of league where it can take some people longer than others. But I wouldn't have a great deal of optimism about him ever reaching superstar status. And I think Osi and Jason, during our broadcast on Sunday, pretty much said that too, that he's not going to be a superstar. He's going to be a quarterback, but he's not going to be what they thought, which is a bit disappointing because you like that otherworldly talent to come into the league, but he certainly looks a long way off the best ones at the minute. But it's been a good one for me because I've enjoyed doing the games. I mean, to do the, to do the commentary on the television. Oh, I've loved it. Whether it's me or anybody else, I think that it should have been done a long time ago. I think not, not, whether it's anybody else, I'm not, I'm not saying it should be me. But I think if we, if the game's going to continue to grow internationally and it's going to continue to grow here, at some stage, we had to take ownership of it, didn't we? And say, 100%. Well, and we're going to do it this way. Hopefully people like it. There's a lot of work gone into it behind the scenes. I can, I can guarantee you that. But I just think it was the logical next step. I think, it, I think it's a great idea, Darren, because as a, as a, let's say, as a community, UK NFL fans, you know, we, we know the game now. Yeah. We know the game. And I think NFL UK, that office, has a very difficult task at hand in getting new fans of the sport. You know, we've talked about this many times on this podcast. It's very easy to get kids to attach themselves to the lifestyle of the NFL. You know, the sneaky, funky cleats and the trainers and the jewelry the players wear and the way that they carry themselves and the bling when they're walking into the dressing rooms now you know their drip seems to be a thing following what they're wearing in the Louis Vuitton and the Armani and this that and the other and that lifestyle approach to getting kids into the NFL is good I think it works I think we like the way that they carry themselves you know the players in in all the garments and what have you Um, however I think we're going to find it difficult to get young people to understand the game because there's so many distractions within the NFL. And by that, I mean, you know, the penalties, the flags, the rules, the fourth downs, the first downs, blah, 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 blah. So I think a way to start is to get a recognisable voice like yourself, you know, the voice of, of BT Sports, Champions League coverage, Premier League coverage, and show people that we do have people over here who have the talent to commentate on an American sport. You do it for the baseball, you've done it for this. Jack Crawford uh, was, was a really good person sat next to you because he's been in the game. And I think, I think it would be foolish of ITV to say, no, 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 we're going to go back to the Americans. I think we, we t- we've taken this baton. I think we should run with it. And I think it can only get even better. I think we're lucky as well because we kind of class O.C. and Jason as ours as well, don't we now? Mm. So our, our Americans... We class them as ours. Exactly. That yeah, that that's nice too. They're they're our guys, aren't they? OC and yeah. Jason, our guys. Yeah, and they and I think because OC and Jason have been uh, embedded in the NFL as players, and then come over here and taken a look at the NFL UK European market, they know that they can't talk in X's and O's language on television, because the point of our NFL UK broadcast and the point of the NFL show now on ITV is always to encourage people to stick with the game. Mm. First of all, pick a team. 
then learn the basics and then get into it. Yes. Then yes. become Neil Reynolds and Will Gavin. Yeah. You know I mean? And they appreciate mentioning their names because they are absolute NFL nerds. Yeah, but this is the way... See, see when we got into it, I'm not to make it sound old, but when we got into it, that was the only way you could do it. Mm. The only live game every year was the Super Bowl. So you spent the entire regular season watching an hour-long highlights program on Channel 4 on a Sunday night, a week delayed. But then you- I remember ringing a phone number right. Monday morning. Yeah. And Horn giving me the results. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is at that point, you picked your team based on players and colours. I like that. I like that helmet. So I'm going to follow them. Or success. You spent the entire year watching the highlights. So it, it was never anything that you thought was too complicated or you couldn't keep up with because it was simple. And then by the time the Super Bowl came, you were just about ready to watch a full game and take it. Mm. Now, because of the coverage that Sky do and, and, and everybody else does, you see games in full, whether you've got Game Pass or whatever you do. So it's difficult now because you're thrown straight in. I always use the analogy that if you want to get your kids into cricket, you take them to a T20. You're not going to take them to a test match because they're going to say to you, that's boring, Dad, I'm not going back again. But once they've been to a T20, they've seen sixes go everywhere. The test match is not too bad because they're kind of into, they're into the cricket a little bit. They know a bit about it. So you do the, the short format before you go for the long format. And I think the highlights programme that was on the BBC and now it's on ITV and years back on Channel 4, and you've been involved in, in, in various guises of this as well, it's so important for, for getting people into the game because that's how you do it. That's where you find out about who your team's going to be, which players you like. You, you start to get hooked by the spectacular nature of it and then you progress to the game. So I think... Well, I, 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 program. I think it's more important than any influencer or anybody else you want to start inviting to the game. The, the key thing is to, is to give people that showcase of what the NFL is and that, that then gets people in. Well, I, I hate being negative when it comes to all the hard work and effort that goes into promoting the game over here. But I'm just going to have a minute of what would be deemed as a negative slant on what's going on. Time starts now. Back in the day, the NFL got back page columns in the tabloids. It really did. The NFL was on places that you wouldn't expect the NFL to be seen. It was on Wogan. It was on Russell Harty when they came over to the UK. You can't even get NFL players on the one show because they're not interested. And I don't understand why. Because if, if the signals that were getting given and the great game is growing and these players are becoming popular household names, why are they not on the one show? Why are they not on Graham Norton? Why are they not on Jonathan Ross? Because people don't care. And that's what frustrates me, because people do care. But it's perceived still as a niche sport. And it will always be perceived as a niche sport, which I understand. But on, going back to your reference, until we start to pepper traditional forms of media in promoting the game again, I think we're going to plateau. <coughs> Yeah. Niche sports don't get 86,000 fans at Wembley. Yeah, but it's only three times though. Yeah, it is. But what I'm saying is, it is a niche sport, but it's a bloody strong niche sport. No, I get it. I get it. Hey, listen, listen Darren, I, I, I get it. it but also... Sunday was a record, wasn't it? Yeah, but also, I, I think that... I think it's still a treat to go and see the NFL in the, in, in, in the UK. Yeah. I think it's still a treat. I think people, whether you 
support the teams that are playing on the field. And as we know, people who don't support the teams who are playing on the field still get a ticket because they want to see the NFL. Would that ever change? Would it I ever don't think, I don't think it will. Are we going to accept that's what it is? I don't think it will. Like Because the thing that scares me, and it sends a chill down my spine, is everything that happened with the World League. Yeah. And that first season of the London Monarchs, you could not get a ticket for love nor money. Wembley, 90,000 people was packed with the running track around the field, the dog track. It was packed. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, it fell off a cliff and it vanished. And it ended up going to Germany, NFL Europe with the Scottish Claymores. Didn't even have a team in England. It went up to Scotland. And then that vanished as well because of funding. But that's, that's the thing that's at the back of my mind, which frightens the living bejesus out of me with the progress of the NFL in the UK. And I know it will be strong. I know we'll sell tickets and I know every game will be sold out and it'll be a party and a fiesta and this, that and the other. But um, that's the one thing that kind of scratches me back and really, really gets me goals. So based, based on that then, if you were heading up the London office, if you were in Brett Gosper's shoes, <clears throat> in conversation with Roger Goodell and all of the owners, would you steer them away from a franchise then? Because I only envisage a world league scenario coming by having a team here that's not great that people lose interest in that people don't want to consistently go and see and then you start to get tumbling attendances if you want to keep it like it is would you say the format that we have now is the way that it's going to be successful bring different teams make it a treat and and do it that way and keep it that way Is, is that the way is that the way it stays sustainable for decades rather than anything else I think so. I, 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 I've, I've always been, I think, and if I'm treading on my own, on, own shoes, that's because I can't remember. But <laughs> I've always been anti-London franchise. Yeah. I, I, I don't think a London franchise would work because of that. Like, if we're going to see the Jacksonville Jaguars, no offence to them at all, on a regular basis, I am going to predict that attendances would drop off if they don't have a winning record. Vern, I love the game. I wouldn't go and watch Jacksonville nine times. No. For what it would cost me to go. No. And I think in the current economic climate, nor would anybody else because... Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to Jacksonville uh, versus the Broncos because I wanted to take the kids away. Yeah. To Iceland. We went to Iceland. I took Phoebe. But if that had been, shall we say, gosh, two better teams, I would have gone, I would have gone to Wembley, 100%. Yeah. I just think that that's the thing. If you if, if you were to buy a season ticket for the NFL, you'd have to give up something else. That might be the season ticket for your football team. Yeah. A long but, time. Roger Goodell has come out and said, look, maybe the future is an NFL Europe conference. Which is which is, you know, two two teams in, in Germany, two in France, maybe two in the UK, or one in the UK, or one in France, two in the UK. Who knows? Who knows? That is an absolute logistic nightmare, in my, in my opinion, for the NFL, to get players to base themselves over here, leave the US, come and play here, have a, confer- have a, a division, uh, and then have that added on to the NFL. But still, teams have still got to travel. We're not going to have five teams play amongst themselves. People are still going to have to come over and do the NFL International Series. So I think, I think initially, my ears pricked up. I'm like, ooh. That's a good idea. But then when someone posted, I think it was actually the NFL UK Twitter feed, underneath right. it, I just put World Bowl. Yeah. Frank, yeah. the life out of me. 
But yeah. I think I think if I was in Brett Gosper's shoes, I would say, guys, stop. Stop trying to get your numbers up for social media. Let's go back to traditional forms of broadcast media. Let's get players on magazine shows. Yeah. Let's get players. Let's try and get an article on the back pages of our tabloids in the Times. Well, in, a, in a minute, when we finish this, we're going we're gonna to do a programme for, for Five Live. I'm getting waved at, by the way, Darren. Our, right. our producer, if, Mike's if, like, come on. If, if we would have made calls this week to get a player, that would have been virtually impossible. For all of the, for all of the, the information that you get given of, we want to grow it, we're going to do this, we've got the marketing rights, we're going to be front and centre. They're not. Because, well, I, I've been... Because the head, I, I, coach, the head coach is not interested in that. So therefore, his players aren't available for that. The team is, the owner is, but the owner's not going to go into the locker room and say to the quarterback, you've got to go and speak to Five Live in a minute. The quarterback is, is, is doing his thing. His media day is there. He speaks to those people and nobody else. And that's that. That has to change. You've got to go into those rooms and say, look, we've got to be big over there too. So there needs to be, every time we get a request, you've got to do it. I agree. You have to do it. And unless they're going to do that, I agree. people are going to have no interest. Yeah, players need to be accessible. Head coaches need to be accessible. The franchises need to be open to us, the UK market. But also, I remember speaking to Alice de Kirkwood back in the day. The problem that we have is that it's only a 17-week season with playoffs with the Super Bowl. And in the off-season, the combined bargaining agreement says that players don't have to do anything in the off-season, which is really difficult to promote the game once the season finishes. It's tough. It's really tough. We'll maybe expand on this next week because we do apologise we've been away. We are going to be back on a weekly basis now. We're going to make a massive effort. We've got to work around Vern's panto, but apart from that, yeah. we're going to be, well, no, we don't. We're going to be doing the bit. Do I just want to finish with this, Vern. I was going to give you some numbers, but I've used the, the, the two main ones I like. Um, just, just congratulations to Bill Belichick, who's now got 325 wins. He's, he's gone past George Hallis. He's 22 behind Don Shula, second all-time he is. So he's going to finish up as the winningest head coach, you would suspect in LFL history. Um, what about this, though? This, this is a team that's gone from the outhouse and is well and truly on the way to the penthouse. The Miami Dolphins, who were poor for ages, never really replaced Dan Marino, uh, one of the great franchises, but fallen on hard times, made a trade a couple of years back. San Francisco wanted a QB, wanted Trey Lance. They gave up three first-round picks and a third-round pick to Miami, to be able to pick third, and they took Trey Lance. Trey Lance didn't really play last year. He's broken his ankle this year, so we don't know at this stage whether Trey Lance is going to be any good in the league or not. But the Miami Dolphins turned those three picks that they acquired, the four picks, they used those picks to acquire Jalen Waddle in the draft. They moved up in the draft to get Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill, who they gave one of the picks to Kansas City to get him, and then on Trade deadline day, they sent the final one to the Denver Broncos to get the all-pro pass rusher Bradley Chubb, who they've now given a $119 million contract extension to, still with his best years ahead of him in the league. So they've turned a, a trade on draft day for the Niners to get Trey Lance into Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. I salute you, sir. It's so easy to balls it up in the NFL. This fella is an example of what you do. Get your picks, make your trade, get good ones in, win. And in the next few years, they may well win a Super Bowl based on that bit of business that he did on deadline day 
fantastic, brilliant. I like what he's done. Nice, yeah, amazing stuff. Absolutely amazing. And let's go, which ties us in seamlessly to what we were saying before. Miami Dolphins, one of the most iconic, one of the most supported teams in the UK, the Absolutely. Dolphins, because beautiful colours, great helmet, does every, says everything on the tin that they're supposed to do. The Dolphins, there's a dolphin on their helmet, not like the Browns. Why are they called the Browns? A bit weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, and, the, and the sunshine, the glitz, the Miami Vice vibe of the Dolphins and all that kind of stuff. I think... Uh, I wish them all the very best and the success to come. One more quick, thing, Darren. Just quick, quick, quick number on thing. the Browns. You mentioned the Browns. Quick Go number on. on the Browns. They've now gone 235 games without a shutout win. Their last one was 15 years ago. Wow. 15 years ago without a shutout win, the Cleveland. Wow. Go on, Vern. Right, just quickly, we'll finish on this. Uh, we should congratulate, by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know it sounds like we were playing down the NFL UK, but okay. that was the first NFL UK game where the franchise has done the logistics themselves. So it oh, wasn't yes, run. It was, absolutely. Yes, it yeah, was. it wasn't run through the NFL UK office, yes. you know, who usually get the banners printed yeah. off and this, that, and the other. The yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars took Wembley themselves and said, we will do this. Yeah, so well that's, why, that's why it looked, a, it looked more like a home game than the home games in the past, because the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars took took sole possession of Wembley and made it their own. So congratulations to them. I had a quick conversation before the game started on Sunday with Latavius Murray, the running back of Denver, who's about as tall as you, which is oversized for a running back, as you can imagine. He is the first player ever to score a touchdown in two London games for two different teams in the same year. Brilliant. He got to New Orleans when they came to Tottenham. He then got picked up off the practice squad and went to Denver and he got one on Sunday. So he's got his own little personal bit of London history that he might keep for quite some time. Let's say yeah. you, well done. Nice. Uh, Darren, always nice to see you. We've got to run because we've got to go and do the five live shows. So thank yeah. you everyone um, for listening. Uh, subscribe and do your thing. We apologise because we've been aware it's just been busy, busy, busy. Um, lots of things in the pipeline for both of us. Lots of things that we can't talk about. But, 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 we will be back next week because we're going to get back on the Fumble Road trip. Uh, we're going to get back on the Fumble train and uh, we'll get chatting football on a regular basis. But for now, from him, Darren Fletcher, from me, Vernon Kerr, this has been a Shooting Shark production. We'll see you next time. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 